Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I am your host, Sean, and today I am covering the big fight reaction. Tommy Fury gets a very, very close decision against KSI on the Misfits boxing card in Manchester this past weekend. I've got lots to talk about with this particular event and fight and show in general, and I'm going to apologise in advance because this is going to feel like a a, a real bashing of Misfits Boxing and that whole setup in general. And I'll talk to you about some of the encounters I had over the weekend as well with various different people and conversations that were had when discussing this particular event and fight and, and how the aftermath of this has, has sort of all played out across social media and the, the, the basically the stuff that's gone on really with, with this show this weekend and... I didn't watch the card, I'll be honest. I'm going to be totally honest. I didn't watch the card. I watched the fight, the Tommy Fury KSI fight. I think I tuned into the card around about the time that Salt Pappy was fighting the other guy, Sully, I think his name was. And that's the time I kind of tuned in, but I wasn't really tuned in, if you know what I mean. I was kind of flicking through my phone at this point. I just wanted to make sure I got it on so I could so I could watch it and watch the main fight and, and just sort of see how Tommy Fury got on. But... Ultimately, what I saw was uh, just a complete charade of the sport. And this is where we go into a conversation around, like I talked about in the last episode about, you know, how Jake Paul and Tommy Fury got quite a lot of views and downloads for the podcast. And, and, And obviously from a business perspective, it makes sense for me with a legit boxer in there to, to put a podcast out there and, 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 you know, kind of, appeal to the masses so to speak but the one thing i'll say now is 
I don't think I'll ever do a Misfits boxing card again. I don't think I'll ever cover it for a show again. I don't think I ever want to be involved in, in doing that. that. That was the second time I've done it. The second time I've done something on Misfits boxing or YouTuber boxing and, and crossover boxing, whatever term you want to label it. That's the second time I've done it. And to be honest, I do regret it. I'll be honest, I, I regret doing it in, in a lot of ways because... I feel like I've lost a little bit of integrity by doing it. When I, when I look back now in hindsight, I think, was it really worth doing it? Because what I saw on Saturday night and, and the sort of stuff that I felt off the back of it, I felt a little bit contradicted in myself, to be honest, because I saw in the week leading up to this event lots of different media outlets. And, I mean, we're talking legit media outlets out there that have been covering this show and the one thing I'll say is I understand why, from a business perspective, why a lot of these ones want to do it, because it's socially relevant at this time, it's a trend, and regardless of whether it's not real boxing or not, big platforms out there are going to use that opportunity to get views, because this is what people are tuning into this weekend, so the premise of that I can understand, however... My difficulty with the whole situation is if you're involved in boxing media and you know you're covering hard hitting real stories like watching these guys literally work two jobs and then go to the gym and and, and fight the way and claw the way up to the main shows and know how difficult it is for them to do that and loving that element of being involved in media I just don't know how as an individual who loves the sport, you can go from doing those types of stories and wanting boxing to progress in, in the right way to then going and covering a show like this and, and sort of being all singing, all dancing about it. That, that's the part of it I can't understand now. But I'll be honest, there were there were some media outlets out there, some boxing media outlets, well-known ones, that actually kept their integrity and, and didn't really cover this event and show. I think those that work for these media outlets, I saw a couple of them, you know, putting tweets out and, and sort of mentioning how absurd it was and, you know, their own thoughts and feelings on there, which is fair enough, but I'm kind of glad that a lot of the big ones, the ones that I personally think really matter in, in keeping the integrity of this sport are the ones that didn't cover it. And that was what was important to me, like as a as a fan and as someone that loves this sport and as someone that wants to see this sport progress to to another level i do think like events like this can blur the lines a little bit between fiction and reality because people are arguing about the fact that it is just entertainment and in a way it is like wwe it's labeled as kind of sports entertainment but i think the problem is is it's putting a perception out there that if you're somebody that follows these youtubers and you kind of follow the social media and the twitchers and you know all these guys and girls that do all these accounts and then do the crossover fights and 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 sort of promote that they're a boxer and and really they're not they're the ones that are getting sucked in those kids that are the ones that are getting sucked into thinking that that is part of the sport that is real sport that is not boxing what you witnessed if you watched this at the weekend was not boxing it really wasn't and, and, you know, I feel for Tommy, to be honest, Tommy Fury, I know that people are absolutely slagging him off because his performance wasn't fantastic and he didn't look great and a lot of people are saying he'll get absolutely mullered at the first 
real fightery fights in boxing. I can understand why people say that. I, I think my counter-argument for, for Tommy is you can only look good against someone who is actually trying, who has actually got skills, who is actually going to present themselves in a way that's actually going to be a competitive fight. What we saw from KSI in this fight was a lot of star jumping, a lot of dancing, a lot of hugging. Uh, somebody that threw the odd shot now and again. It was poor. It was really poor. And do you know what? This is what annoys me even more. To say you're a boxer and to have all the money you've got and not be able to make those levels of improvements with a proper boxing trainer, it just beggars belief. Because I think to myself, as an individual, if I had that level of money and I seriously wanted to think about competing in the sport, I would get a real boxing trainer involved. A real boxing trainer. Now, as a side te- a side note to what I've just said there, I noticed that that Sully had um, Derek James in his corner, which was which was quite surprising. I wasn't sure, you know, how that came about. But what I what I will say to that is, obviously, the commissions that license him as a trainer must must have been happy with it because I know in in Britain the British Boxing Board of Control won't allow a license holder to go anywhere near like a white collar show or an independent show that's not regulated by them so I'm just quite surprised that it's um that he's been allowed to do that however I know in some instances you know there's there's there's, there's some money that is involved and there's money that changes hands to allow this stuff to happen and not behind the door when it when it comes to that and I'll talk a little bit about his involvement with that Sully a little bit later on and what I'll think about that. The main point of it was that the main fight was absolutely garbage. It didn't look great. It wasn't a great advert for boxing. I feel sorry for Tommy because he's been called out left, right and centre by all these YouTubers and social media celebrities who want to basically take a shot at him because of his name, because he's a Fury and he's got a Fury attached to his name. And I noticed in the post-fight interview, he said that he weren't doing this anymore. That's it. Crossover fight's done for him. And I really hope it is for him. I really hope he gets back to actually being involved in the sport and actually fighting 50-50 fights and getting involved in 50-50 fights and trying to create his own legacy. I don't want him to have this as his legacy. Yes, he will be known for it. But if he was able to go into the sport as normal, and actually fight guys that are legit, and he beats those guys, and he shows us how to overcome adversity, and he shows us that heart and determination, then people will get respect for him, and people will become fans of him, because I know there is a lot of fans of Tommy Fury, from from his obviously time in Love Island, and you know they, they, they like him as a person, and, and I can understand why, why people do like him as a person, but some don't, some can't stand the man, and that's just what people are like in general you either love the guy or you don't love the guy personally because i've met him firsthand and i've had that interaction with him on a personal level i think he's a nice guy at heart i just think he's 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 took an opportunity and it's not made him look good but he's got really well paid for it and hopefully now as he said in his post-fight interview he will go away and actually get involved in starting to become that professional boxer um, he is a professional boxer, I'm not saying he isn't, but what I mean is he's actually getting involved with legit professionals again, not just fighting Eastern European journeymen or, or UK journeymen and then YouTubers. He actually starts getting involved in matched up in 50-50 fights because that's what he needs for his career. Like, I don't want to see KSI and Logan Paul and Jake Paul and all those lot. I'm not interested in that. Like The only time I would be remotely interested in that actually happening is if Jake Paul took on like a Canelo and imagine the massacre that would be. 
imagine the massacre that would be. But my issue with the whole thing in general is, as I said earlier, it's creating this perception that it's easy to get into the sport in what is one of the hardest sports in the world. So it's giving a false sense of security to to kids that are looking at that and going, wow, I could do that. I could be the next boxer. And I know there's, there's, there's a lot of argument around that. There's a lot of people in the sport that'll say well it's good for the sport because if you're getting people interested in boxing then they are going to go to a boxing gym and then you might nurture some great talent yeah i get it i do i get it i get it but you're also going to get a lot of people that are not going to appreciate and understand how hard the sport is and then as soon as you step through the doors of a boxing gym and they put on the gloves and they get involved in any type of sparring or even the fitness side of boxing then they realise how difficult it is. It's just it's just creating a false secure sense of security and perception for those people. And it just doesn't make boxing look good in general. And you think about the guys like Jack Johnson and Jack Dempsey and Joe Lewis, Muhammad Ali. You know, these are the guys that paved the way for this sport, that legendary figures in this sport. And now in twenty twenty three this is what we're seeing. I mean, Logan Paul, Dylan Dennis, I mean all the build up and the hype wasn't too different from what boxing is like at times. However, the actual execution in the ring was really poor. I mean, at one point, Dylan Dennis gets on his back in a jiu-jitsu stance waiting for Logan Paul to come in. I mean, it was just theatrical. And I know people are saying you should just enjoy it for what it is and it's guilt-free entertainment. And, I, I, you know, I can understand that. I think the difference is here is you're taking an actual sport, a professional sport where people get hurt and people get killed and you're turning it into something that's like a sideshow, like a circus. And it, it does make a mockery of it. It really does make a mockery of the sport. And it is really disappointing to think that there's genuinely people out there that think what they watched on Saturday night was boxing. And it wasn't. I mean, I didn't watch this moment, but apparently there was tag team boxing involved in the show at some point. I've seen it blowing up on social media and I'm just like, oh my God, I don't even want to bring myself to even look at any videos relating to this because I think that's absolutely absurd that that even can be licensed to happen in some way shape or form it's, it's really sad it's really sad that people find this as, as as entertaining as what they think it is and i just think people that are genuine hardcore fans of this sport you know you, you you'll be the ones that will take a back step and go do you know what i'm not paying for these events i'm not watching these events i'm not going to give it the airtime on my show i'm not going to do any of this and like i said i know that's a bit contradictory to me because i am giving it airtime but i feel like I've come in on here to sort of say, look, I'm not doing this again. After today, this is the last time I do it and the last time me and Johnson will ever sit down and do something like this because I think, you know, the stuff that we do, the niche that we've created for ourselves with our career profiles and our dark side of boxing shows and even Legendary Nights, you know, this is boxing. That is boxing. That's what boxing is all about. That's what we love the sport for, not this. So that is definitely the last time I'm going to do it. I just feel like the media side of it is what's really annoyed me the most I think over the past few days and and over social media I don't really put a lot out on my social media account on Twitter at Sean BTR Boxing but when I do you know it's usually because I feel compelled to say something which is not not very often to be honest because I just kind of sit back and watch what's going on as opposed to being the one that's always out there saying stuff but my tweet was if you're involved in boxing media and are actually enjoying the KSI Fury show then you shouldn't be involved in boxing at all. And that created a debate with another fellow member of Twitter called Kyle, who who asked the question, why? So I was saying, right, well, because it's pretty insulting to the sport what we're watching here. And his comment was, 
It isn't. It's just a variation of it. Like saying beach soccer isn't an insult to football. It is what it is, and it does its own thing, and it makes millions. So my argument here is, yeah, how can you call that a variation of boxing? It's not. That's like saying a dust-up outside your pub is a variation of boxing. And then, long story short, his reply was that it is a bit of you, that I had a bit of you on it, which is this is not the case. I'm not bitter about the whole thing at all. I just feel sad about what, what, what perception it creates for, for the younger generation coming through and, and how those that work quite high up in the media and get well paid for gigs like that uh, are, are out there and, and you know some of them are, are absolutely fawning over these events but yet in the same breath then I sat there and are the first ones to criticise them when something happens that doesn't look right or doesn't look great on the sport and there's a few issues I have with this whole YouTube boxing my issue is what it's creating perception wise for people I don't care what you say I don't care if you're involved in boxing and you're listening to it and you say I'm wrong you you think if you think this creates good eyes on the sport if you think that this is doing good for the sport more than it is harm then I don't think you should be involved as simple as that this this is not doing good for the sport at all regardless of whether you think it's bringing in the views what what are you viewing what are those views what are you viewing what is the demographic that, that are coming in because it's not people that are looking at this sport and genuinely enjoying the sport and, and, and loving the thrill of watching a build-up to a fight and loving the thrill of watching two guys or two girls absolutely become warriors in the ring. No, what you're watching is guys and girls pretending to be something, having a dream of of being a boxer, um, having all the money in the world to put that together but not being able to execute it despite having all the money in the world to be able to actually have proper one-to-one training with a boxer. Because I tell you what, if if you saw a boxer come out of one of these Misfits events that actually had some skills, that actually had the potential to do something in the sport and then did transition into the sport, albeit a bit of a backdoor way of doing it, if they were able to do that and legit had the skills and went on to face actual professional boxers that have been doing it for such a long time, then I'd have to take my heart off to that because then that means that they are serious about this sport. They are taking it very, very seriously. Now, I mentioned earlier about this Sully who had Derek James in his corner. He actually looks like, with a bit of work, maybe, just maybe, he could compete in the professional ranks. He could. And there was a couple of others that people mentioned on there. I can't remember the names of them, but people said there was a few of the fighters on there that looked like with a proper trainer, uh, a professional licensed trainer, and dedicating themselves to this, not just dedicating themselves for this event, could actually do something and actually compete in the sport. If that, that happened and those guys or girls did that, then fair play to them. You know, I can't I can't fault them for actually trying, for actually going to the real reality of boxing and then trying it. I can't. But a lot of them that are on these shows, like, it's funny how serious they take it and how titles have been created, weight divisions have been created and how a lot of these individuals are taking it so, so serious. And I think that's, that's the scary thing about it is then, it, like I said, it creates that perception that anybody, any any man off the street, any man, woman off the street could actually go out and do this. Because what these shows are, are basically white collar shows. You know, like the charity events that you get, like eight week training and you go and fight on an event somewhere. That's it's essentially what you're, they are. To be honest with you, I think I've seen better quality on those shows than I have on this, which is 
which is quite poor, really, from the people involved, especially when they're the social media influencers and they've got all the money, like I said, to get to get the correct training. But yet they still go in there and they look, look like they've just been pulled out of the crowd. And, and it's shocking. It really is. And I just want I want this generation to pass. I want this trend to pass. And I want people to focus on the real issues in the sport. And one of the other things I tweeted in the aftermath of this event was the fact that it's not really been talked about as much as what it should be, but it should be the fact that after Paris 2024, there's a very, very high probability now that the Olympics uh, and boxing will be no more. That boxing will not be a sport in the Olympics after 2024 Paris. That's shocking. That is scary and shocking at the same time because that is what a lot of people get into this sport to do. Like They have dreams of, of going on to be in the Olympics and winning a gold medal or going down that route and then becoming a professional. I mean, Great Britain, we've produced some of the best fighters of the last 15, 20 years coming out of the Olympics. And yet, they're going to take it away from the Olympics as a sport. That That's the thing we should be focusing on, not focusing on whether Tommy Fury and KSI should be having a rematch. With all due respect to both of them, you know, that that's it. They've done it. It shouldn't be happening again. KSI needs to walk away and go back to his selling of Prime and whatever other business ventures he's got. Same with Logan Paul. He's going to go back to WWE and do what he's doing over there. They've got their other paths forged for them. And the other, the other issue is, as a side note, is if you are paying for these events, if you are paying for them, you are part of the problem because you are subsidising these guys and girls to go out there and continue to do it. If you continue to pay for it, they're going to continue to put it out there because they know they're going to get paid for it. So stop paying for it. It's simple as that. Stop paying for it. If you stop paying for it, the likelihood is it will become less and less of an attraction over time and this trend will die off as trends do. So that's really my my big rant of this episode and why I decided to do a reaction show to it because I felt really compelled to get a lot of this stuff off my chest and, and and move on because as I said I'm not doing this again I'm not doing an episode like this again regardless I mean even if even if someone come along and said they'd give me a million quid to do it would I do it again well obviously I'd have to really think about that because that's that's a lot of life-changing money but the reality of it is if something does come along again am I really going to want to do it for the sake of an extra few downloads on on the podcast no i'm not i'm not doing it not unless my fans of this podcast you listeners you really really wanted me to do something on it then if someone said look sean come on do something on this then i would that's different but honestly i, I, I can't do this again i can't do it because it's, it's infuriating to, to to think that all the all the great champions and fighters and the forgotten warriors of this sport forgotten legends that talk forgotten about because of generations passing and because of things like this, which is why we love doing our career profiles in particular, because we get to bring a lot of these legends of yesteryear to the forefront of, of listeners' minds. And those that actually love this sport truly will will listen to those podcasts because they love this sport and they want to know more about the history of the sport. And it's it's stuff like this that's that's basically ruining it for a generation and it's stuff like this that'll end up being partly the death of boxing and i don't care what people say if they say nah you're wrong absolutely it's bringing more eyes it's bringing this it's bringing that it's bringing money well if that's the case if that's the case why are a lot of gyms struggling why are a lot of grassroots gyms struggling why is amateur boxing struggling why is the boxing in the olympics being scrapped why is that happening it's happening because 
there isn't as much money as what you think in certain areas of this sport. And that is the problem. That is the problem for me. It really is. So do I want to talk about any of the other fights on this card? I can't honestly say I do. No, I can't. I can't honestly say I want to talk about anything else on this card, to be honest. I just I just feel like this, it needs to come to an end sooner rather than later and that I won't be doing an episode on it again. So what I want to focus on now is actually I want to focus on what happened over the weekend elsewhere. I mentioned about the Tim Zoo fight this weekend, didn't I? That was something... You know, I was wanting to tune into and, and, and I was looking forward to seeing the fight. And actually, you know, I did tune into the fight and it, it was a decent fight. It was actually a pretty decent fight. I think Tim did really well in the fight. I thought Brian might have done a little bit better in the fight. But I think Tim, Tim, Tim bossed him for me. He got two 116, he got a 116-112 card, a 116-111 and a 117-111 card. Uh, I just think that Tim at the moment in this division... He, he, the big fight for him is obviously Charlo, and he needs that fight now. He does need that fight. I think Brian Mendoza will definitely come again, and I think Tim will eventually move up, and I think that's maybe where Brian will have a good opportunity to fight in this division. I think, for for me now, the big fight is obviously Tim Zoo versus Charlo. I think if that happens for all the marbles in this division, in the super welterweight division, then for me, that that's what we need to see. Because ultimately, I think, like I said, Tim will move up to middleweight and I think middleweight is a division waiting for a conqueror and I know Channy Beck obviously got the victory over the weekend and I'll mention that shortly but there isn't really anyone else at the moment since Golovkin sort of stepped away from the division and he moved up to super middleweight there's just, there's just nobody really there as you know as an outstanding fighter that's kind of conquering the division and we do need somebody I think Tim Zoo will eventually go up but I think the fight with Charlo needs to happen that that's the big one for this division if we can get that one on then it'll be for all the marbles obviously we know because he fought Canelo Charlo he lost his WBO title Tim Zhu was made full champion previously being interim champion and that was his first defense against Mendoza so now with Charlo having the other three main belts we need to see this fight happen. It's as simple as that. This, this fight needs to happen. It obviously was supposed to happen, albeit the hand injury from Charlo, then put that back, and then he decides to step in with Canelo. So get this on. This fight needs to happen. This is the one for the super welterweight division that I really want to see. I think a lot of other people want to see as well. So I just can't wait. I just can't wait to see it happen. And I think Tim is a very, very, very much improved fighter. Now, we always had this inkling that he would be a really good fighter looking back on his career when I first got involved in in boxing media and I started to see him and there was obviously those comparisons with his dad and you know will he be as good as his dad and and to be honest if you look at his resume he's progressing very very nicely that 17 KOs and he's 24 wins he's not a one punch knockout artist but he certainly has the, the the same ruggedness and desire uh, probably a little bit better boxing skills as well. I think, personally speaking, I think he, he's slightly better boxer than Costa was, uh, and I think he will mature into that middleweight division, and that's where we'll see the even bigger fights for him. But first things first, he gets the victory here. Let's see him fight Charlo. That is the fight that we all want to see in this division. We really need to see it, and if we can get that next April, May, June, maybe that that would be the one for me. I think Charlo at 33 years old now, he, he needs to take it. It's a big money fight for the for the pair of them at this stage. So I, I would love to see that happen next. That would be the one for me. 
Well, also, we mentioned about Chanibek as well. I mentioned uh, Chanibek was fighting over the weekend. He got another victory as well. And that victory then just leads him onto the middleweight division and, and makes him a unified champion, of course. And <laughs> the thing is now, he's like, who who is the legit challenger for him now? Because I don't really think at the moment there is anybody that you can honestly sit there and say, like, yeah, like, we need to get Chanibek. We need to get Chani back now in under this guy, or we need to get Chani back in with with that guy. And there's, for me personally, there's kind of nobody there at the moment that I can honestly say I, I want to see Chani back in the ring with. Like it, it feels a little bit sparse in the middleweight division at the moment, and I think we need some fresh blood in there. I mean, there's always going to be someone that's going to sit there and go like, yeah, yeah, I'll take the fight with with Chani back, and you know, it's no problem, and I'll I'll get the victory, but. Really, there isn't anybody in particular now knocking around the division that I can honestly say is going to be the one to dethrone him. I think, if anything, he could probably he could probably clean this division up quite handily and and, and move forward in his career. But like, who who do you guys want to see him fight? I mean, who who is the legit guy who he can face now in this division? But you can honestly think to yourself, right, this is the one. This is the fight I want to see. Because for me personally, there isn't there isn't anything in particular that that really appeals to me with him at the moment and I do look at him and I think there's a fighter there that looks like to me he, he all he needs is the right dance partner and, and, and I think he's beatable I don't get the same aura of invincibility like we did with Golovkin I definitely don't get that same aura with him I feel like he's a beatable fighter whereas with Golovkin you felt like nobody could beat him you know you're going into the Canelo fights, of course, like all the stuff that was going on in those Canelo fights and the fact that people felt like Golovkin should have had that first fight. You don't get that same aura of invincibility with Chani Beck. I know I don't anyway, and I do look at him and think, I think someone will come along and I think somebody, somebody will beat him. I just don't know who that somebody is going to be at the moment because of, of I think, the lack of top-level opposition in the middleweight division is, is kind of what's what we're struggling with here at the moment. And I feel like that's why the division is kind of sinking a little bit and, and why it's no longer a division to sort of go to and say, oh, do you know what? This this is the division. This is the one I want to see. This is the fight I want to see. For me, it's 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 one of those that is easily forgettable. It's an easily forgettable division at the moment. And that that's my opinion. I don't know what you guys think about that. Of course, if you have any other difference of opinion then then please do let me know um but that is probably about the sum of the weekend really for me personally i mean i looked at what else has gone on over the weekend and you know i look at some of the moments that have happened and i i, I certainly think about the news that's come out after the back of of obviously tommy fury and ksi and all the palaver that was happening there but then i also think about some of the news that's been happening over the past 24 hours and I don't know if you guys at this at the point of listening to this well I've seen this news you probably will have done but Natasha Jonas has just written her own little bit of history even more so but this time out of the ring because she is now the first black woman to obtain a manager's license from the British Boxing Board of Control which is I think it's huge news in terms of equality it's absolutely huge news for the sport and it's quite obvious that she's she's planning herself for when she eventually says it's time to go. I think there might be the one more fight left in her and then it's time to say goodbye 
for for her in in boxing and then she's got that plan of being a manager and bringing people through so it's really really good news to see to be honest with you that there will be somebody else in the sport that's that's got that experience that's going to be able to help those fighters coming from where she's come from and the difficulties and, and sort of struggles she's faced as a professional fighter and then in a little bit of sad news uh, we have the fight a week or so ago with Hopi Price and Connor Coghill now as of the last hour of recording this episode Connor has actually been hospitalized and he's under observation because he had a scan and a bleed on his brain was discovered as a result of the fight with Hopi Price hopefully everything will be okay according to Steffi Wool he's stable he's resting uh, and he just wants people to respect his time at this moment and I hope that he was able to get through that and I hope it doesn't leave him with anything long lasting uh, and in some ways I hope you know he's able to continue in the sport uh, if he can't then and I hope he you know there is something there for him after it and I think that's another thing isn't it with the sport like what is what is there for fighters after moments like this when these things happen to fighters what is there for them and, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about the guys that are fighting on these misfits events like how how novice and untrained they are going into them what's going to happen one day when one of them gets seriously hurt and seriously seriously hurt and and god forbid one of them passes away as a result of injury sustained in the ring boxing's going to get blamed for it boxing in general will get blamed for it and they'll be like wanting to boycott it and then that just kills the sport even more no pun intended but it does it does it kills the sport even more literally you think about like the moments that these things have happened in the sport and and, and in the past people have called for the sport to be boycotted you know they'll then they're going to start asking well why were these events put on why did this happen this is what my big worry is with the continuation of, of misfits boxing and and these types of shows is that when somebody does get seriously hurt and i hope it doesn't happen but if it does boxing's going to lose out in general because it's boxing that'll take the brunt of it as a sport and we'll end up losing one of the greatest sports of our lives so there is a fear there is definitely a fear around that sort of stuff happening so don't pay for it don't watch it stop endorsing it whether you think it's entertainment or not just stop stop doing it it's killing the sport i don't care what people say it is it's slowly doing it and the general consensus from other like-minded fans is that it's, it's doing it but instead, next week, we get some some real action. We've got some great fights on. Katara Linares. We've got Aziz versus Buatzi in the light heavyweight division, which I think is a fantastic fight. Looking forward to getting back to normality and, and the hype of what's happened over this weekend actually finishes. So I hope you guys have enjoyed my perspective on that show over the weekend. And I know maybe not every one of you will agree with me, and that's fine. That's okay. You don't have to agree with me. But if you listened and you do feel there are some valid points to explore, then please drop me a tweet at SeanBTRBoxing or at BTRBoxingPod on Twitter, or you can find the podcast across Facebook at BTRBoxingPodcastNetwork. We will be back a little bit later in the week with a preview for the shows that I've just mentioned. If you've not subscribed to us on any of the podcasting platforms, you can do so on Spotify, on Apple, on Google, on any available podcasting app out there. And I want to take a moment, as always, to thank the patrons of the podcast. I always like to do this in every single show just because they are supporting us and that support that they are providing us additionally is allowing us to continue on with all the big shows that we're doing. And we are 
putting nominations forward for the Sports Podcasting Awards 2024. We will be putting all four shows forward for it. We are going to give it a whirl. So when that does come out and I share the links on social, please, 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 please make sure you vote for us as an independent podcast. We're always going to be up against huge finance podcasts. We really are. You know, in our mind, it's like we'll put ourselves forward. We'll be lucky if we get nominated. And if we get nominated, then we need the support to do it because really there ain't a cat in hell's chance we are going to get it unless an influx of people come in and, and vote for us. And we'll be putting all four shows forward because I do think that we've got some great shows here and and people that listen to us, people that support us as patrons, you guys clearly value it because if if you didn't, we probably wouldn't be still here doing it. So thank you so much to everybody listening. Thank you to the patrons and I hope you've enjoyed this big fight reaction. We will be back in a couple of days' time with a big fight preview. Thanks for listening to the BTR Boxing Podcast Network. Podcast Network.